Hello friends and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 33, Disney for the non-Disney. My name is Pete and joining me tonight is Tom. Pete, how are you? Good, I think I heard the ghost of Matt trying to chime back in too. Yeah, he's chiming. Ignore him for now. He's chiming out. We're two guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears. Lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Dizzy. Yeah, we're just going to tuck him away in the uh, in the background for now. Maybe we'll, let him, maybe we'll let him come out and talk a little bit later. Man, I, I kind of miss Matt. kind of miss Matt, having, having him around. Yeah, you know, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> as I alluded to, and as you can tell from the title of the episode... Tonight's episode is going to be about taking a non-Disney fan to Disney World. I think that at some point in everybody's life, you're going to have this experience, be it a significant other, be it a friend, whatever, that doesn't share your love for Disney World. And, And I'm saying your love for Disney World because obviously you're listening to a Disney podcast. So you've got to have some kind of love for Disney World. Uh, but before we get into our main topic tonight, we go as always to Tom with the news. Tom, slow news week? Slow news week Disney-wise, uh, pretty big news week for our podcast uh, and, and the future growth of it. Going to hit just a little quick point on that, and, and we'll, we'll share more later. But uh, over the last week or so, we have decided to partner with the Destinations with Character Travel Agency. Uh, and so that is a, a big step for us. Great travel agency, do a really good job. And we're going to share a little bit more about them uh, later in the episode. Uh, but moving over to Disney, going to start in Epcot. New entertainment is coming to the World Showcase uh, in the form of a German rock group, Dirch and Dirch. Uh, hopefully I didn't butcher that pronunciation. They'll be coming to the Germany Pavilion starting March 30th. They're going to play Fridays to Tuesdays uh, from tw- uh, a variety of times, but first showtime's 12.05, the last p.m., and the last one is 7 p.m. This is pretty common for the World Showcase. They cycle out with their entertainment pretty regularly. I cannot say off the top of my head that I've heard or seen or you know, really know anything about Dirch and Dirch, but I'm sure it will be uh, it'll be good and fun and, and really hit what Disney tries to do at, at the various entertainment at the showcase. And add a little bit more to the attraction that is World Showcase. Yeah, the, uh, the massive attraction that is World the, the You cannot miss attraction that is World Showcase. You can't miss attraction, yes. Uh, moving over to Magic Kingdom, we alluded to this a little bit last week, but Halloween events, believe it or not, you can already book for two of them. Uh, you can already book for two days of Not So Scary in Magic Kingdom. It uh, looks like the first date officially is August 17th, and it runs obviously through October 31st, which is Halloween. Pricing varies. The uh, range is the cheapest. Adult ticket is $85. And as you move closer to Halloween and you know on the 31st, the ticket price is $125 for an adult. So there, there's about a 3 to $10 increase depending on where you look for adults this year. That's typical for Disney, uh, increasing that a little bit. And you can see the popularity of the event probably has spanned the dates. Uh, just for some children's pricing, the cheapest there is 80 bucks a child. Uh, most expensive is $120 a child. That is the Halloween night price for children. Doesn't surprise me. I do think it's a bit ridiculous that it's March and we're talking about being able to book something. Well, um, not only that, the, the first one is in, is what? August? Mid-August, August 17th. And I mean, it... We've done it. Uh, we enjoyed it. It's a really fun event, and, and we'll, as we move, as our podcast moves closer to Halloween later in the year, we certainly will hit more on this. And there's a, you know, an episode we have where we talk about 
upcharge events. So uh, another one that, that I've not done, a return to the Sleepy Hollow event. Yeah, the Sleepy Hollow event over at Fort Wilderness Lodge is coming back. It'll be offered limited days in September and October. Don't have pricing on it. Uh, not I know you see a screening of the movie. Uh, and guests who do attend receive a limited edition trading pin. So I'm sure there's a cost associated with it. I just don't have that for you now. Uh, as we again, as we get closer to that season, we will certainly keep you totally in the loop with everything. Now, does the, does the headless horseman appear at that event? You know, I don't know. I, that he, you kind of feel like he should, right? Yeah, I mean, he's already around for not so scary. So yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not totally sure. Moving on, we're going to stay in Magic Kingdom. Uh, the ICANN reportedly will be leaving Tomorrowland next month, uh, April seventh, to be exact. I don't have any real reason behind this. I've seen the ICANN. I think it's pretty cool. If For those of you who don't, don't know, it's kind of a robotic, remote-controlled trash can that just rolls around. Uh, very futuristic uh, is, is the goal there. Last piece of news for Magic Kingdom. I think we may have all seen, uh, at least through YouTube, the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, changed scene. The redhead the is now a pirate and has some new lines. Did a lot of a uh, lot of adjustment here. I am one of those who liked the old way, but that is a, uh, you know, I understand change has to happen, and it's been decently well received. You know, I think there's two types of Disney people: the type that don't want you to touch anything, and everything should stay the same as Walt had it, and then there are the type that are constantly looking for improvements and adaptations to all the attractions. So. With all that being said, Pirates Caribbean is back open and running, and and you can uh, you can see the new scene yourself if you're in Disney World's Magic Kingdom. Yeah, I really don't have anything to say about this other than we want the redhead. <laughs> well, you, you have you have the redhead just in a different a different light. Yeah, She's I a pirate. I, I I think I kind of fall into the the camp that doesn't want change just for change's sake. I mean, if it adds to the attraction, if it makes the attraction better, by all means. Hmm. Well. I guess your def- definitions of better uh, range uh, to what, you know, I, what is that? I'd rather they just bring the, uh, is it Tokyo Disneyland that has the great Pirates of the Caribbean? Shanghai. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, just bring a Shanghai's Pirates of the Caribbean. How about that? Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Moving uh, moving right along. We got some Hollywood Studios news, which we haven't really had here in a little bit, but not anything earth shattering, just some character news. Jesse has moved into the Toy Story Land uh, meet and greet area. If you've been down there, you see Buzz and Woody. You know, this is significant for Hollywood Studios because they are lacking on the attraction front. And with everything coming, Toy Story Land specifically, I think this was a smart move by Disney to, to uh, bring Jessie back and have her out in front of people. So before we kind of move away from Toy Story, and I think this is kind of appropriate since Toy Story Land is coming very rapidly. And this kind of just struck me the other day, but... What do you think the chances are that they go ahead and retire Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin because Toy Story Land is opening? And because they're, you know, they're doing so much work at, at Magic Kingdom, can you put something else in that attraction space? I don't know about relocating it, but... You know, I'll be devastated because I have 100% found out the foolproof way to win in that game. Yeah, you cheat and you don't tell anybody else. I don't cheat. No, I know what targets to hit. You know... I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think they'd relocate it because it makes no sense to have two shooter games in Toy Story Land. It doesn't. But this, you know, cleaning up, moving characters around, getting ready for Toy Story Land, it it kind of tells me, hey, Disney really wants to have all its Toy Story eggs in that one basket, I guess, and to have that property at 
at Magic Kingdom doesn't really fit. I mean, having Guardians of the Galaxy at Epcot doesn't fit. True, if there were a Marvel Land somewhere at, at Disney World, but there's not. There is a Toy Story Land, though. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that's a really good thought. I, I, I don't know. Maybe their grand plan was, you know, uh, Mid Midway Mania will replace Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin without replacing it in the same park, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. That's, that's something to think about. I guess we'll my, we'll my, this, it's not a rumor. We're not putting that out. I think that was just pure speculation. I was about to say rumor mill, but no, no rumor there. <laughs> uh, moving on to the last bit of news. It's uh, just general and resort news. Spyglass Grill, excuse me, is now open. Uh, Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort has opened a new restaurant. Uh, it's a walk-up counter service serving the south side of the resort. Uh, grill will be located near the pool in Trinidad South, uh, 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. daily. Uh, I, I can tell you, last time we went to Disney, we popped over to the Caribbean Beach. We were on a cupcake hunt. That is something my fiance enjoys doing, eating all the variety of unique cupcakes at Disney. And I saw all this construction going on. Uh, and because of it, we actually, they didn't have her cupcake. So it was a bit of a wasted, wasted trip. Yeah, I felt bad. You know, we didn't have park tickets that day. We were just kind of meandering around Florida. And so it wasn't like we had anywhere to be. Yeah, I did feel bad for her because she had been talking about this like all week. <laughs> but anyway, that is uh, that is it for the news. All right. Well, good stuff. So before we, uh, before we move into our main topic for tonight, as Tom alluded to, we do have a partnership now. So we're going to take just a brief minute to, uh, to hear from them. This episode was brought to you by Destinations with Character Travel Agency, where quality service and client satisfaction are their top priority. Family time and memory making are so important, so trust the many dedicated and professional travel consultants at Destinations with Character to plan your dream vacation. They will provide you and your loved ones the most magical vacations possible, and they take great pride in meeting each client's needs, all while staying within budget and providing multiple options to make your vacation dreams a reality. With over 30 agents across the country, Destinations with Character Travel Agency has the resources to give each client dedicated one-on-one service. So experience their over 50 years of expertise at Disney parks, cruises, and travel as Destinations with Character Travel Agency takes the stress and hassle out of your vacation so you can enjoy it to the fullest. Simply give them a call to get started at 630-308-2350 and let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel Agency, making dream vacations come true every single day. You can reach them at their email account, D-E-S-T-W-I-T-H-C-H-A-R at Comcast.net or their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com. All right, so let's go ahead and move directly into our main topic. And again, we're going to be talking about taking a non-Disney fan to Disney World. So kind of the genesis for this topic, Tom and I were discussing the Mendu Disney trip, which hard to believe over a year ago now, but uh, we were discussing the Mendu Disney trip and talking about how we pretty much took two non-Disney fans to Disney World. Now, out of those two non-Disney fans, one of them is bugging us every single day about when the next Disney trip's going to be. I don't so know if bugging's the right word. He's well, encouraging us to plan another he is Disney trip. Yes, Correct. He's encouraging the next Disney trip. Bugging was a poor choice of uh, because poor choice of word. There. We're trying to make it work. We're trying to figure out dates that work. Correct. So we thought it'd be interesting to kind of go through what goes into planning for a trip that somebody that doesn't have the same love for Disney that you do. First thing, pick the right time to go. 
There are several common arguments against Disney World that we hear all the time from people that don't that like Disney World. What are those arguments? It's too hot. It's too hot. Too crowded. All you do there is stand in line. It's too crowded. And and the third one is I hate Disney, but we'll get to addressing that one. I, I don't. But, I mean, I, I hear people, you know, I've got one of my good buddies who I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to get him to Disney, but he thinks he has no interest in going to a children's park. He thinks it's a children's park. He'd rather go to the Universal or Harry Potter world land. And that's that's something that, you know, you kind of have to address separately. But you can address two of those arguments really quickly and really easily by simply picking the right time to go to Disney World. If you take a non-Disney fan to Disney World in July, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get miserable, humid weather. It's going to be a thousand degrees outside. And the crowds are going to be the most miserable experience that you've ever had in your entire life. You know, I, I think, you know, the weather and crowd levels uh, issue and picking the right time, that's that good. That spans across all Disney. That, that spans, across, spans across any vacation you want to go on. I You know, but it is extra important for some where when the deck is already stacked against you, for somebody who has no interest even in going, you have got to make it, it as comfortable as possible. You do. And a lot of the things that we're going to talk about here in this episode tonight, we talk about all the time anyway. You know, it's really important to choose the right time to go to Disney World, regardless of who you're taking with you. But it's especially important when you have a non-Disney fan with you. You don't want to get, hey, it's too hot, thrown in your face. You want to encourage these these people, these people, like they're... <laughs> well, I mean, they are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but you want to encourage them, hey, you know, we can go to the park. We can have fun. We don't have to be miserable. You know, you don't have to bring a change of clothes because you're sweating through your through your clothes. So pick a time of year where the weather's comfortable. January, February, pretty good times of year. September, October, November, December even. Again, good times of year to go. You kind of run into hurricane season the latter half of the year. And it could be a little chilly the first part of the year. But again, it's Florida. Bring a jacket with you. Yeah, you'll be fine. Absolutely. So, and, and you want to make sure that you know what the crowd levels are going to be. You know, don't go marathon weekend. Try to avoid food and wine festival. You know, and, and another point, if we're, when we're talking right time here and just on the, on the front end, make sure that that person is treating it like a vacation. Make oh, sure absolutely. that they're so unplugged. Important. Make sure that they don't have the intention of going down to Disney World and working or trying to work. Make sure that they can devote their full attention to this as a vacation because otherwise they're just going to be worrying about whatever they've left behind and, and they're not doing. So yeah, I think that's a really good point. Make sure that whatever time of year you do choose that the people that you are going with do have the, that ability to unplug. Yep. So right time, very important. You know, a, another big, uh, you know, big overview topic, <clears throat> length of trip probably matters here. You know, for us, Disney nuts, you could send me there for 90 straight days and yeah, the longer, hear, the better. Yeah. You wouldn't hear a peep. I think there's a limit for some people. There, how much, there how definitely much Disney is. they're willing to put up with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something with your respective um, vacation buddy, whether it's your significant other, a family member, a friend, what, however you, however you travel, that's something that you guys need to discuss on the front end and make sure that everybody's comfortable with the, the length of trip. For an example, our last trip, uh, well, our Mendu Disney trip that Pete referenced earlier, we were taking what I'd consider to be two non-Disney folks, as they had not been in twenty plus years. We didn't over, we didn't overdo it. You know, we did three and a half days. At that point, 
Animal Kingdom did not have uh, the world of Avatar. We did a half day in Animal Kingdom and a full day pretty much at every every other park. And that, that was enough. I, I think that was, you know, Pete and I didn't want to leave Sunday. But you could tell the other two were they were ready to kind of get on the road. And uh, if, if we could redo it, maybe we would have put Hollywood Studios as that half day. But you that was a really appropriate time. And both of them left. Still won't, like, still have an interest in going back now. And, and to Pete's point, one of them has been back since me and Pete have been back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think back to a trip that I took with my parents and my my brothers several, several years ago. And I think it was too long. My dad is not really a huge Disney fan. And I think by the end of the trip, all he could say was, you know, shake his head and say, happiest place on earth. Like he was miserable to be there. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, just the tone, I wish you could, happiest place <laughs> on earth, huh? The same so, guy that used to reprimand Happy Meals. Like they don't make kids happy. They never get the toy they want. So, yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's, that's really important is to choose the right length trip. He was, I think we were only there for six days and by the end of the sixth day, he was pretty burnt out. So don't plan on going to parks multiple times. Don't plan on trying to do things over and over and over again. Pick a trip length that allows you to get everything done that, uh, that you want to get done and, and stick with that. Don't, don't try to overdo it. I think you're more likely to get people to go back and to appreciate Disney if it's a if it's a shorter trip. Yep. So that marathon 10-day vacation that you have planned, probably not a good time to take your Aunt Frida, who's never been to Disney before and, and who has no desire to go. I agree. That's a lot to take in. Next thing, pick the right place to stay. And, and this is super important because, look, again, let's go back to great Aunt Frida, who, who hates kids and hates Disney. A, probably not the right person to bring on a Disney trip, but B, if you pull up to the all-star sports <laughs> and she gets out of the car and she and she sees that and she sees a million screaming kids running around and she sees a giant football-shaped swimming pool, she might just get back in the car and, and, and go back home. That's a good point. Picking the right place to stay almost goes back to one of our you know first points where we're saying have someone unplug and have a vacation. You, you need to figure out what do they view. You know, Pete and I have shared multiple times. We are go, go, go at Disney. So right place to stay maybe isn't like the biggest deal to us, but maybe somebody wants to enjoy the resort. Maybe they want to have some some upgrades, some add-ons, uh, something to take the take the edge off. I don't know if it's a massage or you go play golf. What is your what is your resort close to? So you you really have a couple of choices here. You know, the first thing is do you stay on property or off property? You know, there are a ton of nice hotels all within quick driving distance or Ubering distance of Disney World that are not Disney hotels, that don't have the Disney theming. You know, you can get a suite there. You can get a very nice room and be outside of that Disney bubble. Well, that's a great point. We stayed at, you know, one night on our Bendu Disney, we stayed at the Embassy Suites, and we had a suite-styled room. Just, we were fortunate enough to land one. And it was like a little miniature resort. It had a massive pool, had a nice bar area. <laughs> Had, You're uh, fortunate enough to land a suite at the Embassy Suites. I'm pretty sure that's all they have. Well, well, I say fortunate <laughs> enough. We didn't pay for. It. We had we had hotel points, <laughs> but there you, there you go. Okay. You know we uh you know they had a lot of. We didn't really you know explore the resort. The breakfast was ridiculous in the morning for a hotel. I mean it was it was nicer than some you know the All Star Sports for example, and it's comfortable. I mean some people like Marriott. Some people like the Hilton hotels. Are comfortable in them. But not only that, it, it like I said before, it gets you out of that Disney bubble. For you or for me, that's not really what we're looking for on our trip. But for somebody who's not all about Disney, getting out of that Disney bubble, you know, having a chance to drive outside the gates, 
and to see a McDonald's and a Starbucks, not Disney branded everything everywhere. I mean, that could make it a lot easier on them, right? I mean, to that point, we we have Orlando has a lot to offer. We don't hit on that. You know, we are specifically a Disney podcast, and and maybe maybe we could look into it. But Orlando has a ton of other offerings. Restaurants are great in Orlando. There's a nice nightlife in Orlando. There are museums and aquariums in Orlando. There is a. There are other theme parks. There are other theme parks. Yeah, I mean, heck, we don't talk about them, but they're there. Uh, so I think that's a great point. You know, maybe. And then you're in Florida. I can't. I, most. This is an assumption here, and I know that can make a you know an ass out of you and me. But I would say most people who aren't Disney-ish maybe are males, and most males enjoy playing golf. <laughs> I can't. I can't stress golf enough. Maybe you trick them and you take them to the beach first. Maybe it's your wife and she doesn't want to go to Disney, but she loves going to the beach. Take her to Tampa and then <laughs> scoot on yep. over to Orlando. So the other decision, if you do decide to stay on Disney property, is is where do you stay? Like I said before, staying at one of the value resorts is probably not going to be a good idea for a, for a couple of reasons. One, they're very clearly Disney themed. The All-Star Sports has giant balls and sticks and everything all over the place yeah i mean giant football field they have baseball fields they have kid everything is kid oriented pop century has giant disney characters all over the place for a non-disney person that can all be very overwhelming look at the grand floridian look at the contemporary maybe even the polynesian or the caribbean beach or where did we stay on the menu disney trip uh we did coronado Coronado Springs, springs actually sure there's some disney theming at coronado springs in much more but it business, just seems like, it, but very much more business oriented. Could, so, to, to Pete's point here, and, and picking the right hotel, I think I think we could spend some time here. You're going to get if you're on property, you're going to get the Disney feel. There, it's a Disney bubble. We've talked about it. You're going to have a Disney gift shop. You're going to have Disney employees. You're going to have the best cast members possible. Now, there is a bit of a way to buffer that. All Star Sports, All Star Movies, Pop Century, the All Star Music. I mean, those those are geared for families, children, very Disney oriented which is great. Now we're all about it. Coronado Springs is unique because they have a business convention center there. And it is, it, the Disney reference is a little more subtle there. Uh, it, it's not all in your face, a hundred miles an hour all the time. You talk about some of these deluxe hotels, Polynesian, contemporary, contemporary has a very business feel to it at times. Mm-hmm. Grand Floridian is, is a very nice hotel. I mean, it's, you compare that to, to some of the nice resorts in the country. Uh, and it's there. I think that's a really good point. And we always tell you most efficient way to get to Disney price wise. But well, but again, that's also if you're planning on being at the park. Correct. When it opens, I think this closes. is where you, this is where you can splurge a little bit. This is where that extra eighty bucks a night may more than eighty bucks in some cases may may help your your uh, first little dip in the Disney bubble with this person. Uh, it may, may sell them a little bit more. But not only that, I would say that those resorts, particularly the Contemporary, the Polynesian, the Grand Floridian, you're a lot closer to transportation. You have a lot more transportation options. So it's not like you're going to be at the All-Star Sports. You're going to walk out and wait three bus lines you know, to get on the bus to go to one of the parks. You're going to walk out and you're going to get on the monorail and you're going to be at the park instantly. So there's not going to be that, that wait. You could, throw, uh, you could throw the Yacht and Beach Club in there. Mm-hmm. Who cares about a bus? Why don't you just walk to Epcot or MG? You know, I yeah. said MGM. Swan, wow, Swan and Hollywood too. Studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I great think point. That the, yeah, I think that that's important. If you're taking somebody that's non Disney, and 
Plus, you look at all the amenities that are offered at these other hotels, too. You've got the spa options. You've got other stuff that is not the theme parks that is offered at these other resorts. That's appealing to somebody who doesn't necessarily want to spend all day at the theme park. Well, and, and, and let's hit a point. You know, our last, one of the members of our Mendo Disney trip, non-Disney fella, his most recent trips, they the Yacht and Beach Club. And he was texting us quite a good bit on his trip. And he knows what he's doing. You know, he, he planned really well. Now, there, there were some things we would have done differently, but we have to remember he, he's not as gung-ho about the attractions of being in the park 24-7 as we are, and he had a blast. He spent time on the boardwalk. He walked in and out of Epcot multiple times. He, he had a, I mean, that, that's, you know, sometimes that's people's, people's deal. If, if Pete and I were there, we probably would have told him, we'll catch up with you later. We're going to stay in the park. But, you know, it's, it's, it's everyone's vacation. You want everybody to enjoy it. And so, to Pete's point, being able to easy and accessible transportation is, is a good a good selling point. Well, mm-hmm. not only that, but you've also got transportation. If you're flying in, you know, you've got Magical Express. You've got even the minivans if you're staying at a deluxe resort to bring you to and from the uh, airport. So it all starts there. So it may be worth spending the extra money on those, on that in particular. In a completely unrelated point to our podcast episode, Pete mentioned the minivans and airport transportation. I cannot recommend enough to not do that. Disney is charging $150 and I probably should have put it in the news, one way to the airport. Oof, I didn't realize it was that expensive. It, it is more expensive than I even could have guessed. And there are people paying it because they are in the Disney bubble. They're paying for the minivans. I love Disney with all my heart, but I'm telling you, you can Uber, you can rent a town car for cheaper than that. All right, so the next point I want to make, and we talk about this a lot, planning is so important. And I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about general planning before the trip. I'm talking about... First off, you need to understand this person that you're going with. You need to understand what their limits are. You need to know what they like and what they don't like. Are they going to be accepting of going on Peter Pan and Winnie the Pooh? Are they going to are they going to be okay with watching a parade? Are they going to be okay sitting through Fantasmic or Beauty and the Beast Live? You really have to know that person and know what their tolerances are. I'm with you. You can't emphasize this point, the planning piece to your vacation enough. I, I'm going to throw throw Pete a bone here and give, give him a compliment. On our Mendu Disney trip, Pete handled all of the fast pass planning, all of the park day planning, all of the restaurant planning. He knew that we were a group that liked thrill rides more than others, but they did want the full Disney experience. We didn't wait in the line. We had the food we wanted when we wanted it. And Pete was an expert with the My Disney Experience app. The non-Disney guys on our trip didn't even didn't even download the app, didn't have to deal with it. That Pete said, what do you want to ride? Hey, we want to ride this again. Okay, I got us a fast pass for this time. Let's do something in between. They they would they could come on the podcast right now and tell you how easy that trip was for them, for them. And it's important to to have that kind of seamless experience. And it and it like you said, it starts with the fast passes, it starts with the advanced dining reservations. You want to be able to ride the rides that they want to get on. You also want to have the ability to eat what they want to eat when they want to eat it. So, maybe you're not doing you know, table service meals. Maybe you're doing quick service meals. Order ahead with the app. That way you're not waiting in line to get your food at a quick service meal either. You know, I think about our Be Our Guest reservation we had. Remember we did a quick service lunch? Yep. Pete sent the menu to everybody and was like, just tell me what you want. They didn't have, no one had to input. I didn't, meet me included. I didn't have to input my order. I told Pete what I wanted, what time I wanted to be there. And it was like, you sit down and boom, food hits the table. I'm eating. I'm happy. Everybody, it's, that that's a, another feather in Pete's cap. I mean, it was 
it was very seamless and easy. Other than the little hiccup with the meal plan not being active when we tried. But what did you do? You said, here's my credit card. I'll I'll deal with this later. Like you dealt with it. We got it fixed. We got it fixed. You didn't say, hey, guys, let's split this bill four ways. You know, you said, hey, don't worry about it. Charge it. I know Disney will fix it. And they did. They did. And we got some free snacks out of it, too. So this is a big one. People love food. People love food. It has nothing to do with being Disney or non-Disney. Disney's food is good. Well, and you may want to avoid the character breakfast or the character dinner. Sure. But there's plenty of good food at Disney World. And really, sometimes that's all it'll take to get somebody fired up about a Disney trip is to talk about the restaurants and talk about the quality of the food because there is some good food to be had, particularly at World Showcase. And I know I said avoid food and wine. Don't avoid food and wine if you're bringing a non-Disney person to Disney. That's, that's something that... That was a selling point. You know, guys, we're going to go try all these different drinks from different countries, and that's something that's interesting. You know, if you can't travel the world, you know, you get a little a little piece of Germany here, a little piece of Morocco. You know, it was crazy how, uh, how interested our group was in learning about the development of World Showcase, you know, Morocco specifically, how they contributed. Yeah, I mean, how interested they were to just go and, you know, they had read so much about it and heard so much about it just to go see the intricacies of the architecture at the Morocco mm-hmm. Pavilion. To go, you know, to spend time in the marketplace in the Mexico Pavilion. I think yeah. World Showcase is a huge selling point for, for non-Disney fans. Ep- Epcot in general, Epcot in World general. Showcase specifically. You know, it's it's... Epcot is not as in-your-face Disney-wise as, say, Magic Kingdom is. Totally different no, pace. It, totally different pace. And, and the same can kind of be said about Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom. Magic Kingdom is all Disney, all in your face, all the time. Right. Yeah, and I, I no think question, selling them, No question about where you are. You know, you you even think of... We could go to the attractions, and we're talking planning, and we're, we're going a little off the beaten path here, but... Epcot, I don't know if we hit Epcot enough as how big of a point this could be because you're Magic Kingdom, Peter Pan, Winnie the Pooh, Seven Door. I mean, it all is Disney. You go to Epcot, I mean, look at those attractions. Soren has nothing to do with Disney. Mission Space has nothing to do with Disney. Test Track has nothing to do with Disney. Every yeah, really, country, the only Disney you've got is Frozen. And you have, ne- and and you have Nemo in front. I mean, well, in World Showcase. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. And and if Pete had it his way, it wouldn't be Frozen. <laughs> Correct. No, got in that pavilion but, but yeah, yeah you're right point planning is planning is so important so fast passes people that don't like disney or not disney fans are always going to end up throwing that i don't like waiting in line i feel like all we do is wait in line argument in your face fast passes and the my disney experience app are a huge way to avoid that along with picking the correct time to go but you've got to be an expert at fast passes you've got to and you've got to be an expert at the my disney experience app to, to make that kind of as seamless as possible and to kind of help plan again, getting back to knowing what the other person wants to do and what they like that my Disney experience app, you can check the wait times, you know what the wait times are, you know what they want to do and you can kind of guide your, guide your party accordingly. And, and we're saying you, because you're listening, which means you're not a non Disney person. You need to be the mar- the the expert on I the market expert the Disney expert on the the Disney Experience app and the fast passing. You know, it, we basically on our Pete and I, I semi shouldered some of the the fast pass work when Pete's phone battery would be low or something, but it was very seamless and and easy, and we did not wait in lines. 
No, and that's that's so key. I can't stress that enough because, again, that is the biggest complaint that people have. Going a little bit deeper, that's the biggest complaint that a lot of people that don't understand Fast Passes and don't understand the My Disney Experience app have about Disney World is that there's too many lines. I feel like all we did was go to the park and wait in line all day. You know, we only got to ride four rides because we waited in line all day. And that's possible that's be- to do. That that's is, very if you do it, if do. if you don't do it the correct way, that's not a stretch of the imagination. That believe it or not, that happens. Mm-hmm. And it and it sucks when that happens. Because you feel bad for him. You do. This Disney's not cheap. Again, Mm-mm. it's it's not cheap. When you hear somebody go and and waste that much time and that much money to to go ride four rides and stand in line the rest of the day, yeah, you do feel bad about it. So super critical there. Dining reservations, same thing. Stress the food. Get them excited about the food, particularly World Showcase. Another kind of point, and this kind of adds on to knowing the people that you're with, but these are all really questions that you need to answer before you go on this trip. How long do we go to the parks for? All day. You know, is is this the kind of person? <laughs> is this the kind of person that you're going to be able to take and be there at rope drop? You know, are you going to be able to get them up at six a.m., get them moving, get on a bus, and be at the park for rope drop? Follow up with that. Are you going to be at the parks all day? Are you going to stay till the parks close at night? Or are they going to want to leave the parks and go do something else? Go to Disney Springs, go out on the town in Orlando. Very important question. On our trip, we were trying uh, the goal of or even our non-Disney guys complete as much as we can in, in three and a half days. There, we if we're paying this amount of money, we want to do Disney right. We had now the guy who really likes Disney wanted to sleep in the day we went to Hollywood Studios. We didn't take it personal. And we left him. I mean, it was, he said, he said, if you guys need me for the rest of the day, I need to sleep. And we said, all right, buddy, you know how to get there. You got your magic band. Let us know. And that was his vacation. We had to accept the fact that he's paid his way. This is his vacation. If he wants to, you know, as, as, as Pete and I laughed about it in Hollywood Studios that day, if he wants to, to, to hang tight and, and get some rest, I mean, that he, he stayed until the end that night. You know what I mean? Yeah, he did. He, he did. just needed a little extra sleep. Yeah, and I don't have a problem with that. Me, personally, it doesn't matter what I'm doing the day before, how late I'm up. I'm up at 6 a.m. I can't sleep. It's like Christmas. I get too mm-hmm. excited. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a good point. We're talking rope drop, and we're talking do you stay until park close. you got to find mm-hmm. that balance. You know, even on, on my last trip, uh, one, one of the party members, we, we did the Very Merry Christmas party. We got to the park at park opening, and we... I can. We did go back for a brief period, in the middle of the afternoon. Yep, because we made fun of you for going back to take a nap. And and I don't think I even. I did actually nap for about an hour. But when we went back to the park, you know, my mom said, "Hey guys, I've." She had done everything. She loves Disney. She's as crazy about Disney as we are. She said, "I've done everything I want to do. I'm just tired. It's past midnight. You and your fiance have fun. Do the you know do the ride you want to do." And she knew what she. You know, Disney makes it so easy to get around. She mm-hmm. got on the and bus, con- and then got conversely, home. men do Disney trip. We got to Magic Kingdom at Rope Drop, and we were there until the end of the night. Stayed stayed through uh, the not so end scary, not so yep. scary, yeah. But you're right; it it is very easy to get back to the room, to get into the room, you know. And it, you're at Disney, right? So you're not worried about is this person going to make it back okay? I guarantee you, they'll make it back okay. Yeah, especially coming out of Magic Kingdom, if you're catching my drift. <laughs> <laughs> Another question you've got to ask is what what type of rides and what type of attractions is this person interested in? 
are they going to be okay with the classic Disney rides? Are they, they going to be okay with riding Peter Pan, Winnie the Pooh, It's a Small World? I'm, I'm realizing that all this is at Magic Kingdom because I really can't. But, you know, you go to Animal Kingdom. Are they going to be okay with watching the Finding Nemo show, going on The Bug's Life? Lot, watching Life? Lion King. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. what what are they gonna? What do they want to do? Or are they more thrill ride people? We were pretty fortunate on the Mendu Disney trip that the guys that we were with liked the thrill rides, but they wanted that full Disney experience. So we rode it to Small World. Now, against my, I don't like that ride. But <laughs> it, they well, what they told us was, guys, we're paying this amount of money. We want Disney. Don't don't skip something. Don't let us that. be the, let let and we got on we got off Peter Pan and they one of them the, the one I rode with was like that sucked and I was like well <laughs> you've you've ridden it now I mean you know he hadn't he was like yeah I'm glad you know glad you guys didn't fast pass that I said well yeah that's he he wasn't into the nostalgia of Disney World that but he again I mean he would tell you now he's glad he did it because whenever he goes back which he plans to he probably won't ride Peter Pan he probably won't ride it yeah he knows yeah. he knows he doesn't like it. Same with shows, same with characters. They're probably, if they're not Disney people, are they going to want to wait in line for characters? No. So if that's your thing, you're going to have to put that on hold for this Disney trip. You know, I think Disney, for the show's piece, I think they do a pretty good job of, you know, while while Wish is now, happily ever after, while it it does have a story to it, people love fireworks. They do, but but you think about like Fantasmic. Would you take a non-Disney fan to Fantasmic? I would because I force feed Fantasmic to everybody. But <laughs> that's I, very true. I think it's I think it's a good show. I mean, I I don't know that. I think both the guys we went with liked it. I think they did too. I you know, when when too. my fiance and I went, we were. I think she enjoys watching seriously the kids' faces more than the show because you see kids light up at that show. Mm-hmm. And we went again when when we you know she and I went with my mom and you know I, I don't know that's that is Disney to me. I can remember Fantasmic from when I was a little little kid. Yeah, uh, but but you're right. Some people would have nothing; they wouldn't give a rip. But like Illuminations, Illuminations would probably be a good show for a non-Disney fan. Same with yeah, you know, the, th- the fireworks at Hollywood Studios. Well, yeah, Star Wars. I mean, not all mm-hmm. non-Disney fans, you know, they probably still like Star Wars. Uh, maybe, maybe. But you know, and I would say Rivers of Light could fall in the category of a great non-Disney suck. fan show if it wasn't a bad show in general. <laughs> Uh, because you know, if somebody's very technology based and they they like seeing different, I mean, that's a great technology show. But yeah, yeah, that's a characters most likely would be something you'd avoid. Parades probably not going to happen. Yeah, I you know parades are I take leave I take or leave parades if it's not if it's not electric light parade or spectro magic I've got nothing. So the other thing is, don't be afraid to go back to the pool or the resort in the afternoon. That's what they want to do. It's their vacation. That gets back to that treating this like a vacation, letting them do what they want to do. And and as a Disney fan listening to this podcast and talking to all you listeners, you need to make it as easy as possible. So don't say, if it's your significant other, for example, all right, fine, go to the resort. I'll stay here. <laughs> maybe maybe that's a good time to say, all right, you know, all right, we'll go back to the, we'll go back to the resort and hang out at the pool because you're trying to make it a vacation. And if you want this to happen again... Yeah. You've got to ease your way in there. They'll, I promise they'll eventually love it. You've got to cater to them a little bit. And that's kind of my final point is, is this has got to be fun. It's got to be fun for you and it's got to be fun for the person that you're with. Don't let your expectations of what you want your Disney World trip to be like dictate what this trip is to them and what this trip is like. Super important. We we use the Mendu Disney 
trip as an example. But this is four guys who they're not very sensitive. I don't care what he does. You know, I don't care what they do. If if it were, you know, Pete, I I don't know if your your wife is not a huge Disney fan. She's not a huge Disney fan. So when we go to Disney World, I have to kind of cater to her a little bit. And and she's an absolute trooper, believe me. But mm-hmm. I, you know, Pete, if she said, "Hey, let's go back to the resort for a little bit," as much as it would kill you, you would say, "You know what? She's sacrificing for me because she's here at Disney for a week. Can exactly. I spare a few hours at the resort?" Exactly. Yeah. And and continuing on that point, if this is your one Disney trip that you're going to get in ten years, probably don't need to bring that person on this Disney trip because. Either you're going to be miserable because you don't get to do everything that you want to do, or they're going to be miserable because you're dragging them along on your Disney trip. It's a really good point. And that's yeah. hard, especially if it's your significant other. Because you still don't want to just ditch them. But no. You know, I, you know, the two trips I've been on, I have broken for a nap. Remember when my fiance and I went, and I texted you and said, hey, we're heading back. Uh, we were at Hollywood Studios that day. And you ripped me. <laughs> you were like, are you serious? And I was like, well... Well, now that I think about it, Hollywood Studios, that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. And at that point, Great Movie Ride was still there. But I, uh, I mean, we'd done every attraction by noon. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and it was one of those sacrifices that, hey, she, she said she needs a nap to go till the end tonight and, and stay as late as possible. So, you know, I, I, Pete, great point of have fun and, and understanding the crowds are taking. And and I promise, I mean, there's so many things Florida has to offer. We didn't even hit this, but if they like water parks, Disney's got two great ones. Yep. And there's other non-Disney water parks, too. Yeah, absolutely. So Orlando does have a lot to offer. It's not all, it doesn't have to all be about Disney, although we think it should. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was about to say, whoa, now, whoa. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree 100% with you. So hopefully that helps a little bit. If you've got any questions specific examples, stories you want to share, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Love to love to talk about it a little bit. That uh, I think that about wraps up the main topic. So let's go into the uh, trivia question and secret of the week. What do we got this week? Yes. Yeah, uh, secret of the night's a, a fun one, actually. It's one I think that we sent before our Mindu Disney trip in case we had lost children. But uh, Disney parks are obviously extremely safe places. Uh, e- even if Even if you do lose your child, believe me, you're not the only parent who has ever lost their child at Disney. Uh, cast members are trained to never refer to the child as a lost child. They, ins- they instead will refer to the situation as we have missing parents. Uh, Disney is full of helpful and professional security guards. They are easily identifiable when you need them to be. Believe me, Disney does have undercover security guards. But there are plenty in uh, blue police-type shirts and distinctive hats that you can find. Uh, they communicate through radio, and they're constantly talking throughout the day. Uh, however, there are a lot more people watching than you might think. Like I just referenced, there are swarms of plain-clothed security officers watching you. And the uh, Eagle Eye guests may be able to identify them because they do have an earpiece in. And if you were to get sw- caught swigging some side, some, to the non-Disney folks, if you were ever to get caught swigging in a an illicit mini bottle or something of that sort, might as well hand it over because you're not going to outwit security here. Yeah, uh, so, don't try to don't try to sneak booze into Disney World. Not a great idea. You tell all your non-Disney <laughs> not fans, idea. not a, not a great idea because they they are looking um, you know, they're looking for that and they are all throughout the park to prevent any illicit activity from happening. Uh there there's no tolerance for that in the happiest place on earth. So 
figured we'd share that. It was an appropriate secret uh, for our episode tonight because you never know what those non-Disney folks will think they can bring into the park. <laughs> I think this was a concern on the Mendu Disney trip. What what could have possibly happened? It probably was, you know, because I, you know, I had a book bag and I was, I said, hey guys, yeah, that's another thing. If you're the Disney fan, carry the book bag. Don't don't put any extra work on these uh, non-Disney folk. But uh, I said, guys, do not slip anything in my book bag because I'm not getting this lifetime ban. You, you guys can wear that. Uh, but moving on to the trivia question uh, from last week. Uh, trivia question was, what was Cinderella's royal table formerly named? I had no idea it had a former name, but it was uh, King Stefan's Banquet Hall. That is courtesy of Pete. Did King you know Stephan, that? Of course, yeah, I did. King Stefan, of course, being Sleeping Beauty's father. I and what kills me, like I, I, I and we researched it, but I was so torn because I'm like, are you sure that wasn't Disneyland's version of this restaurant? Yeah, and that's that's why they renamed it because it didn't make sense. Confusing. Yeah, it was confusing to guests. Obviously, we appreciate everyone who participated. Uh, we had a great turnout and, and and look forward to doing it again. Now to this week, this is another Pete. I think Pete's trivia questions are harder than mine. I try to make them as difficult as possible. Yeah, that's not fun. Who is depicted in the Sharing the Magic statue in Liberty Square? So, in Disney World's Magic Kingdom, who is depicted in the Sharing the Magic statue in Liberty Square? Uh, it I is, don't think this is that hard. Uh, the one hint, it is two people. Uh, it, it is two very important people to the Walt Disney World. So obviously shoot your answers over to our Twitter account, a Twitter account at Mendu WDW Podcast, uh, or at our Gmail at Mendu WDW at gmail.com. All right. And with that, we will go ahead and close it out for the week. That's all we've got for tonight. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter at Mendu WDW Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at Mendu WDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have in your time. We will not see you next week, but we'll see you in two weeks. We will be back. Uh, I am the hardest working podcast man in the industry, so we'll be back. (laughs) See you in two weeks.